personal projects, passion projects, side hustles, whatever you want to call it, there's a way to do them. One of the things that's super frustrating to me is that people think that motivation is a personality trait. They think that some people are motivated and other people aren't motivated. Oh, you're so driven. I wish I could be that driven. Oh man, I wish I had the motivation to do that thing. It's not a personality trait. It's not genetic. It's not something that you're born with. And some people are born with it and some people are born without it. It's a series of practices that anyone can do. And all you have to do is decide to do it and do it. All it is is that you decide to do something, you make it non-negotiable, and you do that thing. That's it. I know that seems overly simplistic, and so here's a list of 10 things to help you do that. Number one, once you decide to do something, it becomes non-negotiable. That means that no matter what happens, no matter what is going on in that day, that you will do that thing. And this might seem like an issue of willpower, it might seem like an issue of whatever, but I do not believe that being creative has anything to do with a personality trait or willpower or genetics. Um, sometimes it has something to do with the way that you're brought up. But all of that it takes is that you decide that you're going to do it and then you follow through with that decision. That's it. And I know that seems overly simplistic, but here's some practices that will come up after this. But the first thing that you have to decide is this is not something that you're going to uh, you know, rationalize away or justify into tomorrow, right? So once you decide to do this, it becomes non-negotiable. Much like showering, brushing your teeth, eating, they're non-negotiable things. Those are things that you do every day. They're things, and this just becomes part of your day. It's not like you can just decide, eh, I know I've got an important meeting today, but I don't really feel like going to work. It's fine, I don't think I'm going to work. Right? There are certain things in your life that are non-negotiable. This needs to become one of those things. Number two is that you put yourself on a schedule um, and challenges are really good for this. There's 100 days of whatever or 30 days of whatever. You, know? um, you see people do Inktober. You see people do Sticker Stint. You see people do 100 days of making comics. You see people do NaNoWriMo or whatever the writing one is. Right? It's where you're going to spend some time every day doing whatever, okay? Or every Tuesday you do this, or Tuesday through Friday is your time to do whatever, right? You need to have a schedule, and you need to stick to that schedule. That schedule needs to be uh, something that happens frequently. If it's less than a couple times a week, you probably don't have an intense enough schedule, and this is something that is a hobby. Hobbies are fun, there's nothing wrong with a hobby. But if you want to be serious about it, and you want to really get things done, you need to put yourself on a schedule and stick to that schedule. Number three, this is really important. You need a dedicated space to do this thing. And I use the word dedicated because it does have somewhat of a spiritual or religious um, nature to it. You need to dedicate a space to the activity. That means that this is the area where this happens. And when you go there, that's when you do that thing, right? When I come into my studio, I do art. That's what happens in my studio, and my mind knows that. Now, I haven't always had a house where I've had enough room for a studio, um, but there, have, there has always been a dedicated space, whether it be a little closet. I, I've had, I've had a, an art desk in a closet, and I, and I open and shut the door to the closet. I've had an art desk where um, I had a little corner of our living room where I kind of sectioned it off with a little bookshelf or whatever in this little studio apartment we were in. Um, I've had, always had dedicated spaces because when I haven't had dedicated spaces, you have to set up and take down. It becomes really problematic. Um, and, and so much of your time is taken um, in, in, in prep and cleanup 
that it becomes it becomes a problem. Also, with a dedicated space, your mind is conditioned, kind of like Pavlov, when the when the bell rings, the dog salivates. Your mind is conditioned to do certain things. I remember a psychology teacher I had. She would go on a run every day, and at the end of the run, she would poop. Right, and so. Um, she moved houses. She changed houses, lived in the same city, but sold her house and bought a new house. And on her running route was her old house. And as soon as she ran past her old house, she got that feeling like, oh, your body knows where you are and, and it's conditioned and expects certain things to happen um, when you're in certain places. And so if you're always doing your, your art in the same place, um, then your body will know and it'll be conditioned to do that. Number four, dedicate a time. There's a specific time that this should be happening. Now there's a big giant argument about, a lot of people will tell you that first thing in the morning is the best time and the most productive time. And while I think that's true for some people, it is definitely not true for others. And there's nothing wrong with that. If you're not a morning person, that doesn't make you less than those that are. Um, I'm not a morning person. I do not get stuff done early in the morning well. I've tried it. I've done it. I've done the whole, you know, get up a couple hours before work and try it and whatever, and it does not work for me. My most productive time is in the evening. Um, but the fact of the matter is that I know that by a certain time, I, my butt's hitting that chair and my hand's hitting that paper. Um, I'm doing my art at a specific time. It's a dedicated time. And you need a certain amount of time and a minimum amount of time. And I would recommend that that minimum amount of time be somewhere around half an hour. You can always find half an hour in your day, right? Half an hour is not a terribly difficult amount of time to find. Now, three hours can be hard. Five hours can be difficult. Ten minutes isn't worth it. But at some point in time, you can cut something out to where you have half an hour of time to dedicate to your art. And if you are literally so busy and, and, and working so hard at multiple jobs in school and whatever that you don't have 30 minutes, I would recommend that you take a journal of your day and what you're doing. Write down for two or three days everything that you do in 15 minute increments. And I bet that you will find that there is a 30 minute time slot somewhere where you could be doing your art. And that's not to jam so much into your life that you burn out and go crazy. Actually doing this, if this is something that you feel called to do, doing this will give you more energy and help you be more organized and have more time to do the things um, that are also important. Number five, you need to get your spouse, your roommates, your friends, those that you live with, those that you associate with often, they need to be on board with this. And that is not... Uh, up to them whether they are on board to the on board with this. It's up to you to communicate that this is something that you need. This is something that you need to do. Right? It's part of who you are. It's something that you want to accomplish. Now, those people that are supportive of you and are in good, healthy relationships will get on board with this. They will begin to protect it. Once I explain this to my wife. We, we, had, we had some hard times and some struggles uh, trying to figure out, like everybody does, when you first get married and you try to figure out you know, how you are as a married person and how you are as a couple and how this works, right? You haven't, you haven't lived with somebody like that in that type of relationship before or, you know, you've been single for so long that you're very used to being autonomous and so we had to, we had to kind of work this out. But when I finally spent the time to articulate the need that I have, my wife became a huge proponent and a defender of this time that I have. And I became a defender of the time that she needs to do the things that she needs to do to rejuvenate herself. And when we both defend each other's time like that, it becomes really, really awesome. Because what will actually happen 
is you get gentle nudges, not nagging, not not pushing, not pressure, but just like, hey, uh, I noticed that you haven't gone downstairs to draw yet today. Are you going to do that? That little reminder of somebody else that knows what's going on. And when somebody says, um, you know, hey, I need, I need Corey to blah, 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 blah. My wife will often say, oh, we'll have to check because uh, he's got some things that he's got to get done. It's not a hobby. It's not an extra thing. It's not something that is, you know, um, can be moved around or shifted. Um, it is something that is protected time. And the people that love you and support you will understand that. Number six. Six. Hand gesture with a thumb. Five and six. Number six. Number six is you need to announce your intentions publicly, right? If you, if you are going to launch an art challenge, if you are going to start a project, if you are going to get something done, be publicly accountable. It, it sounds silly, but when you say that out loud, when you type it on a screen where you know that your, your friends and your family and, and everybody out there knows about it, um, it is super helpful because in the back of your mind, you've just upped the ante, right? It's just become, the, the stakes got high. Excuse me, the stakes got higher. I have people at work that I rarely interact with, went to interact with, and that I'm, I was almost certain never read anything that I write or watch any of the videos that I make. I've had them come up to me and mention things that I've said in videos. I've had them come up to me, and, and oftentimes, I have two or three people that every time they come up to me, they ask me, hey, how are your personal projects going? I talk about this so much and so frequently that um, it would be very weird um, for me not to do personal projects, for me not to have side hustles, for me not to be drawing and writing and doing these things. Because almost everybody that I interact with and everybody that I know um, knows that this is a part of my life. Not in an annoying way, not in a way where I'm just constantly harping on it and talking about myself, but I do announce it publicly, I do mention it, and there's another one down here that I'll, that I'll talk about that kind of helps with that. But at the start, you need to announce that you're doing this thing. And I would recommend doing that on social media and I would recommend telling some people, hey, this is gonna happen, I'm excited about it. Talk about why, all right? Expl express the why, not just the how and the what. Number seven, share your work publicly, right? Don't just wait until the end of the project. You need to share it publicly for a number of reasons. But the main reason is that when you begin to share things that you are working on publicly, you will garner support. You will garner an audience and people will begin to expect that thing to happen. I remember I've gone through a period or two where I haven't shared stuff and I've had people come up to me or people mention on Twitter or people mention on Facebook or whatever, say, hey, I, are you working on something right now? I, know, I, haven't, I haven't really seen anything lately. They've come to expect that of me and I've come to know in the back of my mind that people expect that of me. And if I'm aware of other people's expectations, that's, a, that's an external factor that can help in motivation, right? And sharing it publicly will also do a number of side benefits that don't even have anything to do with motivation. But when you begin sharing your work publicly, you also begin to build an audience of people who enjoy that type of work. You begin to build a fan base, you begin to, be, begin to build readers and viewers and listeners and watchers and people who are like really excited about it. There's nothing cooler to me than when somebody comes up and they're like, dude, I, I saw what you shared the other day. That project is looking really cool. I'm excited to see it finished. Every time somebody says that to me, I'm like, Joe Smo is excited to see this finished. So I owe Joe Smo. I've got to do this for him, right? And there's kind of that, there's kind of that extra little boost that comes from sharing things publicly. And so share it publicly. Do that often. 
It doesn't have to be daily, but make sure that you're doing it a few times a week that you're coming up with some sort of progress report, some sort of uh, work in progress, some sort of time-lapse video, some sort of update on what's going on, lessons that you've learned. There's a, a million different ways to do this in a million different formats um, and find what works for you, but share it publicly. Number eight, you need to find a friend that you can hold each other accountable. You don't both have to be doing the same thing, but creative projects are really important, right? And if you have... Um, a buddy, a partner, a person who is going to help hold you accountable and you will help hold them accountable, that is super important. This is why I do the 48-hour art check with Josh Kimball, right? Josh and I get together every other day and we check in on each other and we ask each other, what have you done in the last 48 hours? What was hard about it? Tell me the challenges that you had to overcome to get to this point. And what are you planning on doing in the next two days? right? And then we meet again in two days. There have been many, many, many times where I have been tired or exhausted or burnt out or whatever. I'm just feeling lazy that day and I don't really want to do it. And then I'm like, oh man, I've got to show some kind of progress because I'm meeting with Josh tonight or I'm meeting with Josh tomorrow. And you could do this weekly, you can do this, you can do this daily, you can do it every other day or whatever, but Less frequently than weekly isn't really good. And I'd recommend that you can you can do this. I'm going to do a whole video on the 48-hour art check. But go watch those videos. We've got a podcast up. We do live streaming Monday, Wednesday, Friday, 9 p.m. California time most most days. And, uh, and, and, and all that jazz. And so check that out. And if you want to check that out, you can go to coreykerr.com slash 48HR. And, uh, and you can kind of see that. But... Having that accountability person, having that person where you expect them to do stuff and they expect you to do stuff, you know. Let me tell you what it's like. Have you ever tried to work out by yourself? It's awful. It's the worst. You're not going to do it. It's crazy, right? Nobody does that. People do it. I don't do it. I'm not good at it. But when I have a partner who's, who's, who comes to my house to pick me up to go to the gym and I know that they're going to knock on my door at a specific time, I'm not going to blow them off. I know that that's happening. I respect that person. They respect me. And that is something that keeps uh, me motivated. I'm going to go to the gym if somebody shows up to take me to the gym. It's going to happen. If we have a preconceived plan or a pre-made plan we're, we're, and, and they're going to show up and pick me up, when they knock on the door, it's go time. And so having somebody that can hold you accountable, that you hold accountable, um, is super important. And I would recommend doing something like the 48-hour art check. Um, there's, there's a whole format to it and we can get into that in another video, but, but get somebody to hold each other accountable and just have a little, have a quick phone call, have a quick live stream video, have a quick, uh, check-in, text each other, whatever it is. Um, but something where you hold each other accountable. Number nine, start now. There is never a good time to start. There is never a situation where the planets align and it's perfect time to be able to start your project. There will always be things that make it inconvenient. There will always be things that make it hard. There will always be things that take up your time. There will never be a time where the planets perfectly align and you have this harmonious beam of light shines down on your studio and says this. This is the time that you've been waiting for. For all of those years that you haven't started this project, now is the time. That's not going to happen. It isn't. Starting today is going to be just as difficult as starting later on. Um, there's a psychological term that's often used in Scotland um, called waiting to live, where people say, I will be happy when. I'll be happy when this happens, right? Uh, this, I, I will start doing this once this happens. And I do this all the time with weird stuff. Like, oh, I'm going to start my diet on Monday. It's a Thursday. Why not start on a Thursday? Well, you know, Monday's a good place to start because it's at the beginning of the week and I'm going to do that. And then I get busy on Monday and I don't start it right? There's always something that gets in the way if you don't start today. And there's never a good time to start. 
So start it today. Make a decision. Do something about it tonight. And then because you've made that decision and if it's become a non-negotiable, you're going to do something about it tomorrow. You're going to do something about it the next day. And you're going to get an accountability person. And you guys are going to have a partnership. And you guys are going to say, hey, we're going to check in with each other because we've decided to do this together. We're going to do it. It's going to happen, right? Number 10, the final number. Start and finish projects. Don't chase skills. This one I find really important because there is a way to procrastinate where it seems like you are being productive. It seems like you're doing things um, that are helping you and they might actually be helping you but they're not moving the needle. Here's the deal. You need to do projects. You need to produce products. You need to do things that have a defined start and finish because getting good at art is a death march because there's always something better that you can improve on. There's always something better that you can do. Um, and the best person out there sees the gaps in their ability and is continuing to try to close those gaps. So the idea that you're going to be ready at some point in time, that's, that's false. You're ready now. The fact that you want to do it is all you need. That's all, you've, that's all you need. And so you need to start and finish projects. Define a project, what it is. I'm gonna do 30 stickers in 30 days. I'm gonna write a children's book. Um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to write 15 songs in the next 12 months. Whatever, whatever it is, you need to start and finish projects. And when you finish projects, celebrate that finish. But don't celebrate so hard that you don't start the next one the next day. So start and finish projects. If you chase skills or you chase research, what will happen is that you are doing something that actually is acting as a procrastination piece. It's resistance against doing the actual thing that you need to do. So start and finish projects, don't chase skills. And here's the thing, but I need to get better at anatomy. I need to get better at expressions. I need to get better at perspective. Whatever it is that you need to get better at. That will come because it comes as a necessity for your project. And so if you're drawing a comic and you don't know anything about perspective, well, guess what, bucko? You're going to have to figure it out because you've got a panel that demands perspective, right? And part of doing that is going to be part of your project. But if chasing skills is part of your project, you will level up. If chasing skills is used as a procrastination or a resistance to starting your project, you will continue to do that thing, never really improving and never having anything to show for it.